We are live, sir. All right, everybody. This is episode 36 of the Beef and Bitcoin podcast with your host, Brett and CH. Today's topics, the future of advertising. Had a great tweet from, from our boy, Dave Collum. We'll go through that. And, uh, you know, bonds hitting record highs. Uh, again, it seems like each week they're making new highs. So, you know, what does that tell us? What's really going on with bonds? Uh, we'll dig into that a little bit, tie everything back to Bitcoin. But um, other than that, man, how you doing this week? Doing good. Um, as I was saying earlier, I think we just started living in the peak of times. And as I was mentioning before, before we jump into this whole ad thing, uh, because I was just kind of curious. I was, we, were, we were thinking about like, you know, there's a possibility that Joe Rogan might actually hold like either the presidential or Democratic debate at this point. Like it, that seems ridiculous. But when you think about the cult of people that listen to that stuff now, not cult, but there's just such a mass following and there's such a push on social media that things are very well possible. Something blows up. Like think about how many things just blow up nowadays because of social media, you know. So that'd be really interesting. Uh, and we were just curious earlier, Joe Rogan's podcast is now listened to by 1.5 billion times per year, or listened to 1.5 billion times per year at around 50 to $100 million in revenue. Yeah, so it's pretty interesting. And 100% owned by Joe. No networks, no middlemen, and 100 plus million people audience. Think about that, dude. That's ridiculous. He owns it. It's just Joe and like, I, you know, a few people. Like, I like the uh, the no middlemen part specifically. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. That's, yeah, think about that. I mean, so, and you think about like, I mean, I'm sure he pays his employees very well. Like, I would. Point. Yeah, like there's no reason not to. Like he, he could be paying them well into six-figure salaries easily. Easy. Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, they could be, and obviously that, you know, they, they might, he might give them like stupid bonuses and shit like that. Like it's, but I don't know, but still either way, that's stupid money, dude. I mean, yeah, like, I, like, dude, I, I don't know if you've ever seen that video and we should probably get back on topic, but there's a video of him, Joe Rogan Cribs. Have you seen that? No, I haven't seen it. Oh God, dude. Okay. Well, you can watch it after the podcast. It's pretty, it's really funny. He just mocks like Cribs, the MTV show. It's it's one of the funniest things ever. Um, but we can jump into this Dave Collins tweet here. Sorry, we got a little off track there. Um, so here it goes. I'm going to read right now. Serious question. When somebody makes money off YouTube, where does this money come from? How is their profit? Wealth creation? Underlying YouTube. Careful with the uh, flippant boilerplate answers. Thoughtful ones would be great. And then he goes, continues on. Lots of people telling me it's ad, the ads, but I do not see the ads and certainly aren't noticing them if they are. I ask because I think this is false, a false economy that will crumble when the budget gets tight. I, for the life of me, cannot say I remember the contents of a single ad ever. I am now recalling the ones that pop up, but never pay attention to them. Never have been ever been even tempted to do so. My suspicion is that corporate America is spending huge ad money not realizing that they are blowing it into a black void. It is a problem caused by loose monetary policy flooding the world with dumb money. Tight budgets will fix that problem. And that last tweet there is probably tweet of the year because it's really true. Like, um, if you use Brave Browser, you don't get any ads, and I use that for a while. Um, and then, you know, I've, obviously people use Adblock. It's not like revolutionary thing. It's been around for Google Adblock has been around for years. Um, so it's, you know, and then I, I can't think of a single time that the YouTube ads ever really, you know, intrigued me at all, really. Most of the time I just try to click through them. 
So they're just, as he says, they're just blowing money into this giant black hole, and it's never coming back. And as he says, loose monetary policy, and this is something we always talk about, it's just money being injected into the system at an incredible rate to keep things going. Yeah, I think he really nailed it on the last point there, right? You know, it's a problem caused by loose monetary policy, flooding the world with dumb money. Tight budgets will fix that problem. And you always see the snap back to reality when you're forced to stick to a tight budget. Um, and, you know, all the loose monetary policy just leads to more malinvestment. People are spending money on stupid shit. Uh, they're throwing it into ad revenue when, you know, maybe the majority of the people watching just have absolutely no interest in buying. Yeah. And I, I was trying to think back at I a see couple it, dude. of – I see oh, it yeah. marketing, dude. It was just it was literally pure marketing, and that was that was highly profitable marketing. So you realize you can just copy and paste words from other white papers. You can anybody can launch a token. It it wasn't it was trivial to do that, and all you needed was a half de decent website and a little bit of marketing, and and pay, you know, a hundred thousand dollars to get it listed on an exchange, and boom, like everybody who was involved became millionaires overnight. And that was that was just a pure marketing play. There was there was zero technology behind it. Yeah, I don't think people realize how insane things got i still forget how bad things got like in in that september of 2017 it was just you were getting multiple new icos launching a day it was like five or six there was just like at midway through september there was 30 left for the month to launch and then obviously there were hundreds more planned throughout that fall i mean dude it was the biggest shit show ever like and when the sec started seeing this they were like Wait, what the fuck is going on here they're like, these things are just going from like, you know, pennies to fucking multiple dollars for, you know, no reason at all. It is a shit show. Um, right. And it, it, right. It was absolutely absurd. And you it, could, it, there's, no, there's nothing like it. I don't think people understand how ridiculous that was. Yeah. On one hand, it was terrible for everyone who was involved, even including me, right? I got caught up into that and I thought it was super exciting, but like, I didn't know any better at the time. And now it's two years later and I'm wise enough to, to, to realize how obvious that was from like a scam marketing standpoint. Like I just should have, I should have known right away. Um, and all that stuff is really only possible dude, in, in this. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, it's, it's human nature, dude. Like that's, that's all this all is. It's just fucking human nature. Right. The, the greed and the desire to have your bags pumped and get rich overnight can completely blind you from the obviousness of the truth. And, you know, that that happened like everyone. Oh, no. Dude, it didn't, everyone you know, was an alt, dude. It didn't matter yeah. who you were. Everyone was in fucking altcoins, dude. It was retarded. It wasn't even like comparable. I mean, think about it. There's so many coins that you're that from the start of 2017 to the end of 2017 were over 100x. That's absolutely insane. Yeah, it was it was absolutely insane. And now we're at this point where, you know, money has been tightened up enough over the last uh, what do you call it, twenty four months, I guess. And now we're we're seeing the easing again. The you know the Fed tightened too fast, arguably, or regardless, nobody should be manipulating interest rates. Um, and now you're in this liquidity crunch. And when I think about advertising, I I think about two things in particular. One was, do you remember like the Fit T stuff on Instagram and all that? Like, uh, oh, dude, it's so bad. Like, it, you can notice how that's kind of dried up a little bit. Like that scam has kind of run yeah. its course and it's no longer profitable. And the other one yeah, that I was thinking once. of, right, right. The other one that I was thinking of was, do you remember the purple mattresses with like the Sasquatch guy and like 
dropping the like big plate of glass on top of the bed. Do you remember that from any of the YouTube ads or anything? I don't remember that one, but I was gonna say, dude, the the Instagram thing was definitely because think about it, that was there's probably money getting dumped into boy because how many of people's followers, and I don't mean to pick on particular girls, but there's guys too because you can think about the protein industry too, like you know the weight the supplement industry, dude. Oh my dumping god, dumping money into supplements and pumping them. You know, it's the oh, same yeah. thing. How many, how many of those people's followers, you know, are real, and how much, how many of their followers are seeing the content too? Totally, and that's and, why, like, you, I don't mean to cut you off, but that's why you see all these feeds, like Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all they're no longer chronological for a fucking reason, dude. They need, you know, people are paying big money to put their shit somewhere, and you scroll past it at the hope that you fucking look into it or might right. notice it. Right, exactly. That's, that's what's going on. And I think like the, the those kinds of ads drying up is a good was like an early indicator. And I'm 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 not realizing it in, until now, right? And the hindsight, you know, like I ended up buying one of those purple mattresses, and I just actually got a new one because the mattress was shit. And uh, but the ads were great. And at the time, it was you know a thousand dollar mattress sounds good to me. Like I needed a new one when I moved. Um, and then a year later, like the mattress is destroyed and I had to, I had to get a replacement of it because it was like Boeing in the middle. And, uh, you just realize the, you know, a, a certain company realized they could spend X number of dollars on ad revenue, make the ad like pretty legit and then sell a product. And now that everyone realizes the product is trash, all the ads stop. Like there are no more purple mattress ads because like, I think like the jig is up pretty much. And you're starting to you're starting to see that more and more. And then that kind of brought me back to thinking like, okay, well, as we move forward into um, into an environment with much tighter budgets, as we move towards a a new kind of economy, one where hopefully Bitcoin is a part of that, what does the ad space look like in five years? That, you know, that's a very good question. I mean, um, completely changed. And I think as you were talking about earlier, companies, but you'd be investing more in capex, whether it's investing in, you know, obviously investing in employees, whether it's training, giving them bonuses, you know, investing in factories, you know, you name it, you know, depending on what you're doing. Obviously, it's different businesses, different now. There's more modern things. But instead of just, as he said, blowing money into the void, you're just blowing it into nothing. It's going nowhere. Um, and that's just, you know, you know, we don't think about these things because it's been a long cycle. The cycle is very abnormal. When we think right, about right. It, it's very abnormal. There's so much money just being pumped. It does. It's just going everywhere. It has to go somewhere. People need to spend it. Um, and it's absolutely incredible. So, and as, as long as the debt keeps piling, we're going to keep going. That's a scary thought. Right. I was thinking about, I was thinking about ads and how it, I've seen it change even in the last year or so. And I know things like Patreon have been around for a while already, but I think about even this podcast in general, right? You know, so we do this, we do this for free. We do it because it's fun. We we do it because yeah. we want to build it. We want to build stuff. Yeah. We yeah. want to build, build a following. A following and then yes, yeah. if, if, you know, in a year from now, if there's a better way for us to monetize, we'll do that. And one of the models that people are going towards is the Patreon model or the, or the, the fan contribution model, right? The user supported model. If you can provide content that is good enough that people are actually willing to pay for it to make sure that you keep making it, um, that ends up 
being more sustainable than, you know, shilling really scammy ads and all that other stuff. Like people don't really want to hear that as much anymore. Um, you know, if we, if Trezor came and said, Hey, we want to do an ad for your podcast. Of course I would do it because I, I enjoy the product. I think it's a, it's important for people to hold their own private keys, so on and so forth. But on the other hand, it would be awesome to, to move to that user supported model. If, somebody wants to send five bucks worth of Bitcoin every couple of months and you get enough people that are doing that, you, you realize you can start to supplement your, your other income and, and start to do this full time. The, the issue you have to realize is the content, the content needs to be good enough that people are actually willing to pay to make sure you keep making it. And I'm hoping that as the next cycle kind of happens, you'll see all of that malinvestment of the really shitty content start to go away and um you know the the good content that is sustainable that can be user supported or that can have their affiliate links in there and if people want to buy products they can use their affiliate link to help to help that content creator keep going i really hope that we head towards that model and i think bitcoin's interesting there because then it becomes more global so if you and i want to you know buy a little piece of land uh in an island somewhere and people are willing to pay Bitcoin for us to keep doing our show, like we can do that because all of a sudden the economy just became global. You're not worried about PayPal freezing your, your account and things like that. So I think that's a nice change from an advertising and business model standpoint. Yeah. Um, so I just pulled up a tweet from shy girl or whatever on Twitter. She posts some pretty good content and this is, the U.S. gross national debt has jumped by $363 billion in two weeks since President Trump signed the law that suspended the debt ceiling. That's up by $1.01 trillion from 12 months ago. That's pretty fucking scary. Uh, and if you're watching on YouTube, you can see the chart. It's, yeah, it's like, dude, it's just insane. But that's more money in the system, dude. That's defense contracts filled. That's certain other things being filled. I mean, think about that. No, yeah, it's insane. And and the real question is, what happens? That money goes somewhere, dude. Someone right. gets that money eventually down the line, and then they go buy something. You know, and it keeps going. And as the velocity picks up, you know, what what the fuck happens? I don't know. You know, are they gonna? Are people gonna stop? Are there? Excuse me, people. Are central banks gonna stop QE, or are we just gonna keep fucking going? Like, it, I think we're getting to that point where it's just getting retarded. Like Weimar Republic retarded. And right. I, I'm, how long do you keep printing? I mean, you have yeah. a point where what, you know, you, you've mentioned this a lot. The, the Japanese central bank owns a large majority of the equities in Japan. You know, what, what happens when that gets to 100 percent? Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't know. I can't even comprehend what that even means. But then you can like, I don't know. The, the, some of the funniest tweets I see on Twitter is like one was talking or tweets or, you know, is someone mentioned basically I can't remember who it was. You know, like the year is twenty thirty, and the, you know the S and P five hundred, all the shares are in the back, so nothing trades. Like, think about how many shares corporations buy back. Like, you know, it's absolutely right. insane. I right, mean, they're just reducing the flow to a crazy amount, and no one thinks about it. No one talks about it, but and you know, and that's a huge thing. And people, so, like, people don't realize that was illegal in nineteen eighty two. Like, a lot of the general American population doesn't realize that was legal. So when it's like, oh, Apple decides it's going to buy back like a million shares, you know. And I'm just pulling out a random number on my ass there. But that's the point. You know, like, 
that's a lot of shares. That's a lot of money that gets, you know, it's, it impacts the price, obviously. It creates artificial right. demand. Right. And you can see, you know, you can post, you can have a worse year or quarter and your earnings per share will yeah. still be the same or going up because there's less shares kind of, uh, I guess outstanding for, I, 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 I lack of a better term there. Yeah. Um, you know, GE bought so many shares at thirty dollars. It was ridiculous in twenty sixteen, and then the stock price is down to like eight dollars now. It's literally lost like seventy two percent of your money. Like just yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. And, and they, you know, they and they're fucked. They're so fucked, dude. No one realizes how bad. Like oil chart looks. You know, could you imagine if oil actually went and retested like what ninety eight low of ten dollars? Gas would be retarded. Yeah, it's funny because I would. I was just listening to a podcast with our buddy Raul, uh, Raul Pal, and he was saying how he's like, you know, what if G is one of the first ones to go? And then what happens if oil drops to, you know, 50, then 40, then 20? Uh, you know, what, is, what does that mean? And then you have all the, all the people who, are, who, who think that they're getting paid in perpetuity who worked at GE. Not who, and that's my point. So that's when things get a little scary, and, and I, I think they could – um, well, I don't know. I don't know what I think because I don't know what's going to happen. But it's fucking scary for sure. Like, my thoughts is well, I've, and I've read in this before. It's like so they have a lot of good assets. Like they make you know engines, you know airplane turbines. They make you know train engines, which are obviously pretty important. You know hauling freight stuff like that. Certain things would be sold off in the bankruptcy to other companies, but still, like as you said, the pension system there is fucked. Like people have been wrecked. Think about it. If you retired in like. Fucking like terrible if you were terrible if you retired in like 2000 from GE and the, you just held the stock from fucking $57 down to $8 and then nothing is happening and now the company's gonna go bankrupt. What you right. know what happens to all those people? That's a lot of people there for GE, right? That sucks. I mean, and it's gonna happen like sooner than later, dude. It's just gonna go, yeah. That's the thing. And you know, we've been talking about the same fucking conversation since December of 2018, and now it, it seems like what we were talking about starting to make a little bit more sense. You know, you have the, what we talked about last episode with, um, that 175 page report on, um, the accounting issues from GE and not posting their cost of goods sold properly Dude, and their R and D expenses. Macy's. Uh, Macy's is fucking going. It's funny. I just went to the mall today for the first time and, uh, yeah, the Macy's was just, the malls are dead, dude. I had to go yeah, there the, for a phone issue and fucking they're dead, dude. That is a dead space for, you know, just it's it's property that hasn't you know no one's using it. Maybe there's movie theater even then still. Yeah, and I think we've talked about this before. Just like the commercial real estate bubble and and all of all of that, all of that ties into easy money. What's happening globally and the easy money, right? That's a hundred percent correct. And you've had people borrow easy and cheap money to then build projects, build new apartments, um, malls, all kinds of stuff that when people stop buying and, and lending stops, all of that, all of that goes away. And, um, you know, in, in that situation, I, I think my boy Farface 2000 said it really good the other day, <laughs> like just like cash is king at that point. And yeah. like, you just want to be as liquid as possible, not to, not to be able to throw that money down to reinvest it, but just for your own personal protection and sanity, like you yeah. need to be able to survive whatever happens. Yeah. Um, and I think it's a good approach. I think it's prudent. Yeah, no, it's it's like 
Um, we think we always talk about the boomer generation, dude. There's so many loaded up in stocks because bonds are fucked. There's no yield. Um, obviously, if you bought bonds and the price appreciated, you make money there selling them. But the div, you know, your your interest is nothing. Um, now that's why you know, like we talked about that tweet recently with that um, that Saudi Arabian dude. I think it was. They talked about it. he was talking with a bond fund guy or whatever. And it took him what was it a week or two weeks to sell twenty three million dollars worth of bonds. Yeah, it took him a a, a couple days at the at the least. But you'd yeah, think it was, it was a you'd time. think in a in a liquid market you'd be able to just kind of get rid of those fairly quickly. And um, I think in hindsight. Uh, you'll hear talks about like the liquidity liquidity crisis um, and just because of the tightening and then easing at the end to try to save the system. But, you know, it's it's kind of too late at that point. Uh, and we're going to find out here in about a month or so yes. in September when we see another 50 bit or and we see a 50 bit cut. So people have been but, talking about like what if Powell just fucked everyone and raised rates and just fucked the whole world. <laughs> like he just curveballed it. <laughs> Dude, Powell's apparently worth over $100 million. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. I just saw something with that. I'll, I'll double-check it, but I, I just read something about that. I mean, I guess that wouldn't be yeah. too surprising. I mean, I'd wonder how he made all that money, but... He's probably worked at a bank before, dude. It's not. $112 million. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Net worth between yeah. 19.7 and... Yeah, I mean... Yeah, most people are worth like 112 bucks. Yeah. I'm just chilling. Yeah, someone was still, uh, you know, tweet was like, for someone who's worth $100 million, you think you wouldn't take shit from the president? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's so what it fucking was. Uh, I mean, I paraphrased it, but that was pretty much it. Like, it's crazy. Um, you want to just hop into this global bonds thing? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'll, I'll just read. I'm going to try to say his name. It's Holger Schnipes. I can't say it. He's German. His at is at Sholden Sewer. I botched that too. I'm sorry. But here it goes. Value of global bonds has hit another record high of almost $57 trillion this week as global yields declined substantially following Chinese and European econ data with the two-year and the 10-year yields curve briefly inverting. European bonds got a significant push following dovish comments from ECB's REN. Actually, they're referring to some of the ECB. I do not personally know REN, but that's what I assume. But it's fucking hilarious because we've went from in the 90s, if you can see this chart, under 10 million, it might be 5 million, under 5 million in the early 90s or mid 90s to 50, or excuse me, not million, trillion. It's in the, you know. But anyway, so we've went from maybe 5 trillion to 56 trillion in 20 some years. I mean, it's just, here we go. But, and I think what people don't realize is manias just go longer than we think. And maybe this gets retarded and they print money more at a stupid rate. I could be wrong. Maybe there's a black swan there. But like if, if we get as people keep mentioning the Weimar Republic, like we get things could get really wacky, really, you know, when money starts getting printed too much. Or just too much liquidity, I guess they're not really printing anymore. Right. And I think that's where it gets really interesting because on on one hand, as a normal person, I'm thinking to myself, you know, please don't keep printing us into oblivion and trying to kick the can down the road. And then we have to, we end up with a bigger problem. And then on the other hand, as a Bitcoiner, I'm thinking, go for it, print away. You know, I'm, I'm stacking sats. I'm holding Bitcoin. I know that eventually I will 
see the benefits of holding a sound money that cannot be inflated, which supplies 21 million, won't be increased, blah, 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 all that good stuff. You start to see the reality of what scarcity actually means. And as with the last time we saw the cut, literally the day of the cut, Bitcoin took off again. And um, I, I, w- I would imagine that would be the same. And I think we'll look to Bitcoin and gold, maybe even silver, as that safe haven play, even when the cut continues and more money is pumped into the system. Because while it while it's I can I can understand why you would try to attempt to save the system and not let it fully collapse, even though by the end of that, it would be way better. You know, you can see people are thinking about this and they're flocking to gold. And then the the amount of repatriation, I may cut you off, but like the repatriation, the stacking of gold. And even silver in the case of J.P. Morgan in the past decade is insane. You know, I think it's just they're like, well, fuck. You know, just this fiat system has been in place for 48 years. I mean, it, dude, it's getting close to an end. But you can't sustain it. It's not sustainable. People know it. You know, right. Consciously. I mean. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And obviously there's people who know it and aren't saying anything. You know, Jerome Powell's mentioned before. He knows he's like, we're on an unsustainable fiscal path. He said it in public and no one... Like, if, but here's the thing: no one fucking even most. You ask most Americans who Jerome Powell is, they have no fucking clue. And that's our biggest issue. But they know Donald Trump is. You know, they know Hillary Clinton is. They know Barack Obama is. They know George. You know what I mean? George Bush. They know. You know, you could go. You could mm-hmm. list the people. You could list. You know, obviously, if you go farther back in presidents, it gets less and less. But still, you know what I mean? Like, Jerome Powell yeah. plays a huge impact on people's life. So do yeah. all the other Fed people and people. Right. Names. Right, and whether you be, whether you like it or even believe it or not, it it it, it does is. happen to be true. And um, it's funny because I never would have cared about any of this shit until Bitcoin. So I do thank Bitcoin for that every yeah, day. Definitely, I, I feel like I, I owe, have, you know it's I like, owe Bitcoin and crypto <laughs> a lot. Yeah, I do really owe it a lot. Like it, it like there's so much I've learned, just so much shit I would have never learned had I not really stumbled. I mean, I was you know into investing and stuff, but like this opened my eyes to so much more shit, dude. Like, right. You just totally think about everything differently. And even your investment approach is yeah. different. Like you really think about things differently. And even yeah. just from like a, from, from your typical, you know, publicly traded company, your regular old equity, you're really thinking twice about that business model. Yeah. Whereas before I could see myself thinking about like a WeWork or or Lyft IPO or something. I'm like, oh, you know, I like that product or Uber even. Like, I like that product. I use it. You know, why not? And it, and I didn't think twice about, um, you know, whether or not they're profitable. And but to the funny thing is, I said the same thing about Amazon in 2012, um, when I was <laughs> buying Apple shares and or Amazon shares and then ultimately selling them at like 120 bucks a share because they weren't making money at the time. And I just didn't, I didn't have the foresight to see the exponential growth of, you know, Amazon video and two day delivery and, you know, the best prices you can get. Like, it's really hard to see out that far. Uh, the human brain isn't meant to kind of understand like exponential and exponential kind of growth and technologies and how much actually will change. Um, and, and I'll tell you what, in 2012, Bitcoin didn't even cross my mind, even though it had existed for three years already. Um, yeah. I probably would. I probably wouldn't have thought anything of it, to be quite honest with you, because n- not many people did, unless you had. You know what I mean? Like, uh, so so it's really hard. But now you have this like 
this Austrian lens that you're looking at everything and you're <laughs> really skeptical and you're like, does any of this make sense? Yeah, uh, we were S one. Might have to read this later. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's our our, our good friend uh, Stockmaster two thousand. Stockmaster two thousand. If you don't follow him, on, <laughs> you're missing out. Like, he's he's amazing, dude. He should. Um, I, I wish he made an Instagram just because he just needs to be. He's yeah. the JT. He's the best. No, he really is. He really is awesome. Um, but I like him because he's telling the truth yeah. and he's he's being legit about it. And I we try to bring some of that truth when we talk about this stuff as well, or at least I, I hope that we do, but uh, do, should we, I gotta play one of these. I need to find uh, the there's one a, where he talks about the, we work one is really yeah, good. A couple of good ones. I'm going to go, I'm going to go to his media. There's obviously some good ones in here. Um, there's one where he like really rips in the, when they released the S one. Yeah. 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 That's the one I watched that one. It was a, uh, it was a pretty interesting, like two minutes. This one right here. Uh, I can't. I can't see it on your screen yet. There's one from I think. Nah, I don't think that's. Yeah, uh, yeah, that one might be it. Two sixteen. He's like sitting at the yeah. table. Reading through this prospectus on WeWorks, I just love it. You know, it's interesting. Their real estate portfolio. It basically is like a company that is uh, based out of the Cayman Islands. That's a subsidiary of a company based out of Switzerland that is a subsidiary of a subsidiary that's operated out of Monte Carlo, that's operated out of the Cayman Islands. I really like these people. They've used pretty much every layer of you know technique that they can do and uh, save themselves you know some trouble from the government later on down the road. Class A common stock, I love it. No voting rights, don't even bother him. They've also included as many uh, <laughs> classes of stock as humanly possible. They're really employing the full spectrum of everything that they're allowed to do in here, that, no matter what they do. Whether it's financing, what, talk about financing for a second. I want to know who gave them credit for $48 billion in leases. How does that even happen? I want to, I need to perpetrate this kind of scandal. By the way, whenever you hear um, some of these words that they have in here, like philosophically, you don't want to buy any company that says that. Uh, we're a company uh, committed to maximum global impact. Our mission is to elevate the world's consciousness. Either you're a company or you're fucking Buddhists. This is a total sham. Um, they built a worldwide growth platform that shared experiences and true successes. They make no money. They lost $2 billion last year. And they're going to give away a billion that's not theirs. I'm going to keep harping on that because it's totally egregious. Um, there's nothing in here that makes sense. It's really, it's, it's totally ridiculous. Um, they employ 500 designers and architects, 2,500 trained community managers who force the human connection through collaboration and holistically support our members both personally and professionally. I have to tell you something. This is a scam. This company is a joke. You cannot conflate business with your, you know... <laughs> <laughs> your altruistic intentions to save the planet. That's the problem in Europe. When you conflate business and economics with your, um, you know, your policies to save the earth and the trees and no straws, this is how you go out of business. This is a real joke. And since I'm limited in time because of Twitter, um, they have a thousand engineers, product designers, machine learning scientists that are design, building, integrating, automated, complex systems to use to operate our business. Oh my God, I can't, I can't even take this seriously. I really think that this is a parody. This is a joke. A joke. Yeah, my friend has a sign on the wall. Don't eat late because she's a late night eater. So don't mock her. Mock this S1. I can't even. I, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, it's. I don't know if you can hear that because I had you no sound, but it's it's fucking great. I mean, he really. I want to see him on CNBC. He needs to go on CNBC. He's legendary. Oh, he's uh, legendary, dude. He's gonna he's gonna blow up, dude. He's already eight thousand followers and he's been around for like oh, two weeks, dude. 
<laughs> like he's gonna dude he's gonna be like at a hundred thousand followers soon like all the yeah. finance guys follow him like he's just gonna blow up yeah it's just a national treasure by not was he on maybe he was on there i don't know he keeps asking to put on which he should because he fucking he's just railing into all this bullshit beyond yeah. weed they're just fucking he's just like these are retarded this can't be this is just they're so far beyond you know and I think this is a good, this is a good example of, you know, in a year from now, two years from now, like take a big step back and just look around and yeah. just remember all of the things. Like a lot of these should, should have been warning signs. Chewy, um, pets.com 2.0 basically. Yeah. Like, you know, these will, will be, you know, blatantly obvious in hindsight, you know, Hindsight's always twenty twenty, but try to notice these things now and figure out what around you just doesn't make any sense, and try to understand or think about can it even survive, um, you know, recessionary circumstances, or if if budgets are tight or money's tight, like what are people actually spending their money on? You know, really think about that and figure out what kind of adds value and why it's important. Yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. So this, even this, it, I'm just going to be part of the perspectives from WeWorks um, at the end. In 2010, we opened our doors to our first members, first member community at 154 Grand Street in New York City. In the beginning, our members consisted mostly of freelancers, startups, and small businesses. Over the past nine years, we have rapidly scaled our business while honoring our mission. Today, our global platform integrates space, community, services, and technology in over 528 locations in 111 cities across 29 countries. Our 527,000 memberships represent global enterprise across multiple industries, including 38% of the global five, Fortune 500. We are committed to providing our members around the world with a better work day, at, a better day at work for less. Yeah, I don't know. That just dude. That I, have, just I don't know. This is like this stinks. is like reading an ICO. This is like an ICO. This is the same thing, dude. It should be fucking ICO white paper. It it pretty much is the same thing. Is it dumb? And dude, I, I I've read I've read so many of those. Dude. It's the same fucking thing. It just looks fancy, and they they're selling you shit, but people are gonna throw money at it. Right. I mean, and that's and that's kind of the reality. And I and I and I think and I hope that that's starting to slow down here because it really just does not make any sense. Um, but again, you know. We we're not gonna know until you know six months, a year, twenty four months from now when it'll be really fucking obvious in yeah, hindsight. Beyond's got a fat gap at one hundred five that could be interesting that gets filled, which it will eventually. But it, I mean, Beyond could be a stock that you know could be single digits by the end of the year. I mean, that's a crazy thought. I mean, like there's gonna be again, like I think on Robinhood. Let's see where it's at. It's gotta be. It's it's climbing up the ranks for sure. People are probably like it's going cheaper. Uncle Jay ripped into it. Stockmaster 2000. His his rant on he said like, you can't even chart this thing. It doesn't. It has a hundred days history. <laughs> it's at forty four now. Wow. But you can. But I mean, it's only been around for so long, dude. So I mean, it's gonna. It's keep. It's going up. Yep. People oh, love it. People sold. Some people sold when it went down, dude. Look at that. Two thousand people fucking gave up. <laughs> Let's see. People gave up. You know, defeated, dude. You know, two nineteen down to one forty six, dude. Think about that. Like if you put like even a thousand dollars in, you're at six hundred dollars basically. Yeah. Yeah, like you're pretty sad. Like there's people who've done that probably. 
Oh, definitely. Yeah, dude, the fucking nice that Doji over there said that a couple weeks ago. I was like, this might be the end of Deacon Investors. And here we are 35, 40% later. I mean, dude, it's just the selling's going to, I mean, and I think the Beyond insiders are trying to dump right now. I think they, they're they getting pretty close or something. They might I mean, that, already, would, that would make sense, yeah. They might have enough. I think it's usually six months, but they might have done something else. I think they're like releasing a secondary issue offering. That's what it was, the secondary offering. Right, right. Um, yeah, I mean, this here again, as we talked about, it's just free money is pumping in the system and people are just throwing it at things. Yep. And that's what we're going to see happen until the faucet kind of turns off. People stop doing that. And then it's back to reality. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, I don't know where this ends now. Um, because the thought of just printing money now and the unlimited money, I mean, the fact that the government that just went up 300 and what some plus billion in like two weeks or whatever, it's like, well, I mean, yeah. that, that money's going somewhere. I don't know where it's going, but it's going somewhere. It's going to get in the system and it's going to pump something, you know? Yep. Damn. Yeah. What do you think? Is that a good way to wrap it up? Yeah, I'm just gonna. I was just gonna read the online pet store. This is talking about you. Let's read this. And we can wrap it up here. The online pet store reported first quarter net losses of 29.6 million, or eight cents a share, compared to with losses of 51.5 million, or 15 cents a share. In a in the year ago period, revenue rose to 1.12 billion from 76.4 million, and in the year ago period, yes, I mean. They're obviously still losing money. It's not as incredible as something like Uber, but still. Yep. It smells fishy to me. I mean, $29.6 million is still a lot of dollars. A lot of money. I mean, they're making $1.12 billion, so there's, there's the bet that they keep going. But as we talk about what happens when people stop spending money, what happens when the debt cuts off? As you said, what happens when the faucet turns off? That's when the issue becomes if people – you know, you're going to stop buying expensive things for the pets. I mean, it's just reality. It's sad reality, but we'll see. And people stop buying pets because pets are fucking expensive. That's very true. Dude, I don't get it. Like, uh, people like, we need, like, well, I mean, I get it. I get it. I like dogs. I get it. But, like, when I see people who are young who have, like, a shit ton of pets, I'm like, wow, we just fucking just money pay. Oh, totally. It's a yeah. money pay, dude. It's like when, you know, it's just a fucking money pay. There's nothing against it, but it's like, you're better off getting a dog later on when you have them not just dumping money on your own to make dogs I'm referring to younger people not older people talking about people in their younger 20s for the most part but anyways I think that's a good way to wrap it up that's just me talking about you know maybe some areas where you can save some money instead of just dumping money into pets something against pets but hey yeah be smart save your money money. stack sets (laughs) yeah Save your money. That's, that's a really good point. That's the biggest issue with America. There's no savings. It's fucked. Well, all right. Peace.